And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Slade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to the Jack Benny program from 1946. Then Alan Ladd stars as novelist turned amateur detective on Box 13 from 1949. With me, as always, is my co-host, the girl with the dimples, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. <laughs> Do you just have dimples on your uh, cheeks? Or I think I just smile so just, much that they're just permanent Just on your now. cheeks. No dimples anywhere else? Oh, well, I can't give away you that can't information. Tell. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a family show. Exactly. All right, so uh, what's happening in the world of Hollywood? Well, I'm excited about this. Superior Donuts is going to be a series on CBS. Are you familiar with what? Superior Donuts? I have no clue. But I'm going to enlighten you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question first. Okay. What's in the middle of a shebang donut? Mm, don't know. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Yeah. All right. What yeah. about Superior okay. Donuts? So now, what are we? Um, Superior Donuts is based on the play. Written by Tracy Letts. Oh, really? Yes. Good old Tracy. Good old Tracy. Now, this was a pilot last year that never made it. So CBS has decided to reshoot it and recast it. Hmm. And now they got a 13-episode order. Hmm. And so it is What been- network? Uh, CBS. Okay. So this is a, about a relationship between the owner of a donut shop, which is played by Judd Hirsch. Oh, okay. And his new young employee. From, from Taxi. Yes, of okay. course. And his new young employee, Jermaine Fowler. He's a comedian. I don't know if you know him. No. And this takes place in a Chicago neighborhood. This premiered at Steppenwolf in Chicago in 2008 and then went straight to Broadway in 2009 as a play, which Superior of course. Superior Donuts. Which of course I saw mm. and which of course I love. Of course you saw. Of course I did. And so you I love am, Tracy Letts. I love Tracy Letts. So I am very excited about this new show and I hope that you are as well. I'll definitely watch it, Lisa Wolf. Excellent. All right, last time we were tuning into Jack Benny. Let's go back to September 29, 1946. This is the first show of the 46th season. Here's the conclusion now to the Jack Benny program. See if I can still get my arm around. Oh, Jack, don't be so silly. Now, come here, Mary. Come here, Jack. He's got you now. Oh, Jack, now stop it. Ooh, you're so strong. Come here. Come here. Give me a kiss. Jack, you're hurting me. Where'd you get those muscles? Eastern Columbia, Broadway at night. <laughs> now, come on. It's well department store. Come here, Mary. Come on. Now, give me a kiss. A nice big one. Oh, all right. All now, right. Come on. There. Gee, what a kiss. What's come over you? I don't know. I'm nervous. Maybe it's the quiver you like. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mary. Wait, Mary, Mary. uh, Tell me, what did you do all summer? Well, I worked most of the time. I got laryngitis and made a lot of money. 
You got laryngitis, made a lot of... What did you do? I tiptoed into radio studios and whispered Martha Ivers. <laughs> oh, is that you? St. Mary. Mary, you glad to be back on the program again? I sure am. I am, too. But you know, Mary, I must admit I'm a little nervous about the opening show. Jack, if you think you're nervous, what about Phil Harris? He has two opening shows today. Well, as a rule, I'm not... What? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, Phil has two opening shows, yours and the Fitch Bandwagon. He has his own program. Phil has his own program? <laughs> Gee, I didn't know that. Hmm. That's gratitude for you. The least he could have done is let me know. Could have dropped me a postcard. Or called you up. No, my phone's disconnected during the summer. <laughs> hmm, his own program. Phil. Gosh, man, what in the world can Phil do for a full half hour? I don't know, but if he adds two more choruses to That's What I Like About the South, he's in. <laughs> I can't get over it. So Phil has his own program. Do you mind? Of course not. I like to see people get ahead. I want everyone to be a success. In fact, I'd even like to see Dennis Day get his own show. He has. What? <laughs> Mary, did I hear you correctly? If that thing in your ear is connected, you did. Mary, this is... Mary, this is no time to be funny. You're kidding about Dennis, aren't you? No, he starts his own program Thursday night for Colgate. You're not mad, are you? Well, of course I'm not mad. To be in fine shape if I let little things like that bother me. What do you think keeps me looking so young and strong? Eastern Columbia, Broadway at night. Who decides that? Anyway, with me, it's just a matter of principle, that's all. If Phil and Dennis feel that they can go on their own shows and get laughs, it's... Hey, it's all right with me. I don't care. Say, perhaps the little chicks feel that the... that the nest that I build is too small. And that, they, that they no longer need the sheltering wing of the mother hen. If you lay an egg, I'm going to punch you right in the nose. <laughs> Mary, I was guessing... Hiya, Jackson. Hello, folks. Don't feel low. You'll soon hear Harris on his very own show, and hallelujah. Yes, sir. We made a beautiful old program applause on me. Leave me know it. Make me know it. Phil. <laughs> Phil, Mary told me all about it. And I'd like to have a little talk with you about your own show. Sorry, Jack. I ain't using no stooges. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about that. Yet. I only want to know one thing. You've been with me for nine years. Why did you go out and take another show? M-O-N-E-Y. M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> so that's why. Well, that's the trouble with you, Phil. All you think about is money. Women and money. Well, I don't know of a better parlay. Do you, bud? <laughs> I knew I didn't have that nightmare for nothing. Hello, Dunsey. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Livy. Hello, Phil. You look great. Doesn't he, Jack? Yeah, yeah, he looks swell. Did you go away for the summer, Phil? Yeah, I sure did, Livy. We were there just the two of us, and we really had a wonderful time. Just the two of you? Who'd you go with? Ray Milan. Oh. <laughs> you and Ray Milan? Yeah, we lost all of July and part of August. <laughs> All the good you're going to do me, you're going to lost September and October, too. Now, now, Mr. Benny, please don't be facetious. Oh, fine. But, Phil, where'd you get a word like that? My uncle died and left it to me. Oh, congratulations. But you know, Jackson, it's mighty good to see the old gang again, and I can't begin to... Say, 
Who are these four guys? I told you to get out of here! Where's Dennis? It's time for a song. He's not here yet. Well, I saw him this morning. He was going to rehearse for his own program. His own program. His own program. What should I do with my program? No coaching from the audience. Oh, well, I'm going to call Dennis's house and find out why he's not here. Operator. Operator. Oh, Mabel. What is it, Gatefield? Page B is flashing. It must be Mr. Benny. Oh, uh, yeah. I wonder what Notorious wants now. <laughs> I'll find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. Who? Dennis Day. I'll try and get him for you. Gee, Mabel, don't it feel strange getting back to work after vacation? I'll say, but I really enjoyed myself. I spent two lovely weeks at Lake Winnipehakamuka in the Pine. <laughs> It sure was invigorating. Where did you go, Gaitu? I spent my two weeks in the mountains at Ginsburg's Rest. <laughs> and what did you do? Ginsburg let me alone, so I rested. I had a wonderful time. Every day I went swimming. Look, here's a picture of me in my bathing suit. Oh, boy, what a picture. Doesn't even look like you. Where'd you get those beautiful curves? Eastern Columbia, Broadway at nine. <laughs> well, what do you know? Operator, operator. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Benny. Dennis Day does not answer. Okay. How do you like that? It's a fine program. You think at least everybody in my cast would show up on time? Who's late, Mr. Benny? Dennis Day. Should have been here an hour ago. Why don't you call him? I did. I just tried... Dennis! Where have you been? <laughs> Dennis, I just tried to get you on the phone to find out that why you... Hey, wait a minute, kid. You're soaking wet. Is it raining out? No, a man asked me for my autograph and I fell in. <laughs> Nervous. It's not your own show yet, dude. Get nervous on your own show. Listen, Dennis, there's something I want to talk to you about. Why did you go out and get your own program without consulting me? Well, and after all I've done for you, I found you when you were just a kid. I groomed you for radio. I gave you your big chance. I let you sing on the air every Sunday. I've been doing this for you, kid, for, for eight years. Now, why did you go out and take another show? I was hungry. <laughs> you silly boy. Why didn't you tell me you were hungry? Yeah, Mother Hen Benny could have laid you a couple of eggs. Mary, there's no time to be facetious. Now, Dennis... Phil, stop taking bows. I knew that word before you did. You knew it before Webster did. Yes, yes, all right. Now, Dennis, I want to tell you something. And, Phil, this goes for you, too. You can all have your own shows if you want to. If necessary, I'll get myself a new cast, new people. 
People who can get laughs, like like the mad Russian, like Senator Claghorn. Somebody, I said somebody said Claghorn. I said it, and I'm going out to get... Out with it, son, out Listen, with it. Listen, I'm going your to get... Your mouth wide open, but your tongue's on Listen, fire. Listen, I'm going to That's get... That's why you can't express yourself. Harold, that is. Oh, what's the use? What's the use? This is a fine how do you do. How do you do? Janet, stop And you four guys, too. Mm. Oh, for I'm going home. Come on, Mary. I'll drive you home. Take it easy, Rochester. Fine season I'm going to have. Phil's got his own show. Dennis has his own show. I don't know why they had to go out and get their own programs anyway. Well, Jack, what are you so mad at them for? Don Wilson has four shows, and you're not mad at him. He pays me commission. <laughs> Rochester, leave Miss Livingston off first and then take me home. Yes, sir. And take it easy, Rochester, will you? Oh, Jack, stop being so nervous and upset. Why wouldn't I be upset? Nobody thinks of me. Phil has his own show. Dennis has his own show. My writers are still stranded on the gambling ship. <laughs> Stuck with a lousy quartet. This can go on week after week, month after month, year after year. That's radio for you. Enough to drive a guy crazy. Well, then why don't you quit? I will not. <laughs> No, I think I'll go out. Oh, with Miss Livingston? No, no, she said she was going to bed early. Well, I'll, I'll call up and get a date. Hello. National Broadcasting Company. Hello, Mabel. No, this is Gatewood. Oh, let me talk to Mabel. I'm sorry, she left... This is NBC, the National Broadcasting... And that's the Jack Benny Program, September 26, 1946. The first show of the new season starring Jack Benny and all his gang, including Eddie Rochester Anderson, Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, B. Benaderet, Dennis Day, Mel Blank, Herb Vigran, and, of course, Don Wilson doing the announcing, sponsored by Lucky Strike, although we removed all of the Lucky Strike commercials, as heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back from our break, we're going to tune into Box 13, starring Alan Ladd, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. To my left, Lisa Wolf. To my right, Mike Costella. And it's time now for Box 13. Movie star Alan Ladd starred as Dan Halliday, retired newspaper man turned fiction writer and adventurer extraordinaire. To gain ideas for his books, Halliday placed an ad in the Star Times newspaper. Adventure wanted, we'll go anywhere, do anything, Box 13. It wasn't long before his Box 13 became jammed with adventures galore. Holiday always had more adventure than he had originally sought because those who responded to his ad never revealed all of their glorious, unusual, and sometimes sinister details until they met in person and the adventure had already begun. Sylvia Picker played Holiday's scatterbrained secretary, Lisa, I mean Susie. Susie added touches of humor to the mystery adventure and nail-biting storylines. Box 13 was produced by Mayfair Productions, a company run by Alan Ladd and Richard Sandville. The name came from Mayfair Restaurant, 
which Ladd and Sandville owned during World War II. In addition to producing Box 13, Ladd also wrote some of the scripts. It's time now for Box 13 with Archimedes and the Romans from July 31, 1949. Here's part one of Box 13. Box 13 with Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Box 13, care of the Star Times. Dear Box 13, please come as quick as you can because I think there's something wrong. Nobody will listen to me because they think I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know there's something wrong and I think it's bad. My name is Marty Kennedy and I live at 203 Webster Street in Collingwood. Come to the address and walk past whistling Yankee Doodles. Come to the address and walk past Whistling Yankee Doodles so I will know you. <laughs> sure, it was only a letter from a kid. But that kid knew what he was talking about. But, Mr. Holliday, there are lots of other letters. Are you going to pay any attention to this one? From Artie Kennedy? Yeah, I think so, Susie. But it'll be a wild goose chase. You'll go all the way to Collingwood and then find out there's nothing wrong. Which might be a welcome change for me. Yes, I think I'll go, Susie. After all, there might be something in this. But, Mr. Holliday, look at the handwriting. It it belongs to a kid. So? So? It'll be a wild goose chase. Okay. Charge it off as a little vacation. Besides, sometimes kids have problems, Susie. Big ones. So maybe I ought to give Marty Kennedy a hand. So long, Susie. Collingwood was an easy 250-mile drive. It was a little town that sat at the foot of the mountain range. It was early afternoon when I got there and found 203 Webster Street. I left my car at the corner and walked past the address. Box 13? Mm Mm-hmm. Marty Kennedy? Yeah. Look, keep going down the street and I'll meet you around the corner. Don't let on like we know each other, huh? Got you, Marty. See you around the corner. The toe-headed kid made it look like good old cloak and dagger stuff. He trailed me to the corner of the street, and once we were out of sight of his home... This is okay. Nobody can see us now. Okay, Marty. What's on your mind? You got some... I... I... Got something that'll show me who you are? Mm, I think I can arrange that. Here. Here's your letter to me. Okay. You, uh... Private eye? No, I'm not a private detective. You a, a policeman, then? No, I'm afraid not. I'm, uh, I'm a writer. Oh. Doesn't that sound romantic enough to you? Romantic? I mean, isn't it mysterious enough? Yeah, I guess so. But we gotta go someplace where we can talk. We don't want to be overheard. Oh, certainly not. Where do you suggest we go? Well, I guess the rest of the kids ain't in the clubhouse. We can go there. Clubhouse? What kind? Just a shack we built. Can you climb a tree? Uh, do I have to? Well, the shack's in a tree, but nobody will hear us there. Okay, Marty, lead the way and I'll go climb a tree. Say, you did pretty good. It ain't easy to climb this tree. Just don't ask me to hang by a tail, that's all. Now that we're sitting on top of the world, what do we talk about? 
You don't think I'm serious, do you? Oh, definitely. Incidentally, my name's Dan Holliday. Okay, Mr. Holliday. You make it, Dan. As long as we're up a tree together, we've got to be friends. Yeah. Well, I want to know what's happened to Ted. Huh? Who's Ted? Well, here. Look out this here window. See where I'm pointing? Yes, toward the mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, see that shiny dome on the top of the biggest peak? Yeah. What about it? That's the Williams Observatory. They look at stars up there. They're astronomers. Oh, yes, yes. I've heard about it. Well, what of it? Ted's the assistant up there. He helps Professor Irving. All right. And then what? Every week, Ted comes down for groceries and things. And when he does, he gives me a lesson. Lesson? In what? Astronomy. I like it. Oh, that's a good deal. But your friend Ted didn't show up this week. Is that what worries you? How'd you know? Oh, I put two and two together. Oh. Well, when he can't make it, he signals me. And how does he do that? See that tower sticking up on the peak? Mm-hmm, I see it. He flashes me by mirror, but so far this week he didn't. Well, maybe he's been busy. That's what Mom and Pop said, but I didn't think you'd say it. Oh, I'm sorry, Marty. Okay, let's go at it from a different angle. Suppose he isn't busy. In that case, what would keep him from coming down, or at least flashing you the signal? Well, I don't know. I wanted to go up, but Mom and Pop wouldn't let me. And then I saw your ad in the paper, and so I wrote to you. In other words, you want me to take a run up to the observatory and find out what's wrong. Is that it? That's it. You, uh, you couldn't have asked someone else? I mean, a forest stranger. Someone who goes up there. Gee, no. No, that wouldn't have been mysterious enough, would it? You making fun of me? Oh, no, no, not at all, Marty. Now, what's your friend's full name? Ted what? Ted Whitman. And are he and Professor Irving the only men up there? Uh-huh. All right, Marty, I'll tell you what. I'll take a run up there and see what's what. Be sure and let me know, will you? Absolutely. And, uh... You won't say a word to anybody? This is just between us, huh? Just the two of us. Promise? On my honor. Swell. Because if Mom and Pop knew I'd bothered anybody, I'd get the Dickens. Oh, in that case, Mom's the word. Okay, Marty, let's get out of this tree before a high wind comes up. That's the first portion of Box 13 from 1949. Alan Ladd returns after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360 across the country on about 180 radio stations. We want to say hi to all of our program directors and, of course, all of our listeners. And thanks for everyone who puts this show on the air. It's time now for the conclusion to Box 13 from July 31st, 1949 with Archimedes and the Romans starring Alan Ladd. I left Marty Kennedy and drove toward the hills. High on the tallest peak, the silver dome of the observatory turned to crimson in the sunset. <laughs> I laughed at myself at what I was doing, but I kept going until I reached the summit. An iron gate blocked the way to the narrow connecting road that led to the observatory itself. I got out to open it when... Sorry, mister, no visitors allowed. Oh, hello there. Hello. Don't open the gate, leave it closed. I'm sorry, I didn't know anyone was around. Did you lose your way? No, as a matter of fact, I intended to come here. Oh, why? I'm looking for someone. Yeah, who? Ted Whitman. What do you want with him? I wanted to see him. All right, I'm Ted Whitman. Oh, okay, then I guess we can talk here. What about? 
A friend of yours. Oh. A kid named Marty Kennedy. Oh, sure, Marty. How is he? Oh, he's fine. But he's a little worried about you. Oh, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong. Thanks, anyway. He wondered why you didn't signal him when you didn't get down this week. Signal? Oh, I, uh, I didn't have time. I, I see. Well, is that all you came up to tell me? Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Okay. It's pretty dark on the road at night. You don't know the turns, you can get into trouble. So if you leave now, you can make it back down in time. Oh, thanks. Any message for Marty? Uh, tell him that, uh, tell him I'll see him next week. All right. Well, is there anything else, mister? No, I guess that's all. Sorry to bother you. Uh, that's okay. Careful turning your car around. It's pretty steep right there. Yeah, I noticed. Well, so long. How long? Who is that? Nobody. I thought I heard steps. You didn't. Now look, mister, it's getting dark. You better turn around. Who's that? Who is it? It's somebody to see me, Professor. You better get back to the cottage. Please, please, we've got Shut to... Shut up. What's the matter up here? Nothing. I told you to turn your car around. Get back down the mountain. No, please, don't go. Don't, don't... Hey, what's the idea hitting that old man? Okay, you ask for it, mister. Now come on in with your hands in the air. What's the idea? Come on in. Mister, you had your chance to get out of this. Now it's too late. Do all astronomers carry guns? He, he's not... Shut up. All right, you, whoever you are, help the old guy up. Until you walk in front of me. Come on. Uh, you heard badly, Professor. No, no. But he is. He? Who? Shut up. Hey, wait a minute. You, uh, what's your name? Holiday. Okay. Go back to your car and lift the hood. Go on. Take out the distributor cap. Hurry it up. Throw it over here on the ground. Now, come back in. Pick up that big boulder on your way. That one. This one? Yeah, that one. Don't think of anything to do with it except what I tell you. I know what I'd like to do with it. Yeah, but you won't try because I'll get both of you. Now, smash that distributor. Why not just take my car keys? Because lots of people carry extra sets. Smash that distributor. That suit you? Yeah. Now, like I said, both of you walk in front of me to the cottage. And one bad move and I'll put a bullet right in the back of your head. We walked to the cottage. Professor Irving hung on my arm. He tried to tell me something. But each time he started to, we'd been shut him up. Then we got to the cottage and stepped inside. Billy. Billy. Yeah, what do you want? Hey, who's that? Company. Who is he? What's he want up here? I thought you said nobody well, coming. Quit yapping. The holidays sit on you too, Professor. Take it easy, Professor. That's it. Please, let me phone for a doctor. Please. Sure, when I'm ready. Look, this ain't good. Why'd this guy come up here? He's looking for Whitman. And if he's looking for him, somebody else is liable to do the same thing. You take it easy. Holiday, why did you come looking for Whitman? So you're not Ted Whitman. That's right. Now answer my question. I told you a friend of his was worried about him. Asked me to see if he was all right. You see, Frank, I told you, I told you. Will you stop blabbering? We've got to get out of here, Frank. We just got... Shut up. One more peep out of you and I'll lock you up in that iron dome outside. I'm scared. I'm scared. 
Now talk, Holiday. How many other people besides you know about this? Look, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean by this? Anybody else looking for Whitman? I wouldn't know. You know, maybe you'll talk better after a little persuasion. I wouldn't try anything, Frank. Talk, talk, I said! Tell him, Mr. Holliday. Tell him or he'll kill you. He will. He's letting Ted die. Ted mm. needs a doctor. He's shot. Will you be quiet. Okay, Holiday. Talk. I had to talk. I told Frank about the letter from Marty Kennedy. He knew I was telling the truth and he seemed satisfied. But I still didn't know what the game was or who Frank was or what he was doing there. Then, later that evening... Billy? What? Turn on the radio. It's just time for the news. Boy, you know what it's going to say. Turn it on. I don't like it up here anymore. For the last time, will you please get a doctor for Ted? He'll die. I did the best I could, but he needs a doctor. Too bad, isn't it? Let me see. Maybe I can do something for him. You can't let a man die in cold blood. Quiet. Tonight, the daring single-handed jewelry store robbery holds the spotlight. The clerk who resisted the robber died this morning. The car in which the killer escaped was found abandoned about five miles north of Collingwood, and... And now you know, don't you, Hannity? Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> it's funny, huh? Yeah, it is. How do you think you're going to get away from here? In Billy's car... She met me at the job I pulled. My car's abandoned. I stay up here where no one will think of looking for me. And after the roads are clear? After the police think you've left the state, what then? What I said, I get away. Clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about us? What do you think? Want me to tell you? Well, go ahead. You'll have to kill us too, won't you? You've already got one murder on your slate. A couple of more won't make any difference. Not as long as you can save your own dirty hide. You talk big and brave, but it doesn't worry me. Now I'll tell you something, Holiday. Yeah, what else? You hit the nail right on the head. I gotta kill you and the professor because I don't want anybody left to tip the cops when I leave here. And Holiday, just as soon as the radio tells us the roads are clear, that's when you get it. Frank meant what he said. He'd kill us when he felt it was safe for him to leave. He watched Professor Irving and me every minute. Finally, I talked him into letting me take a look at Ted Whitman. Professor Irving was with me. Is he going to die? He's in bad shape. The wound needs cleaning and redressing. More than anything else, he needs a hospital and a doctor's care. Is there anything we can do? Listen, Marty Kennedy, you know him? Yes. He told me Ted signaled him from the observatory here. How was it done? With a mirror, Morse code. Look. Marty will be watching for a signal. But you can't get up there to signal. That that beast won't let you. Yes, I know. Someone would even try to do it. But it's the only way. No one ever comes up here. No visitors? No, this is just an observation station. Our work is routine, photographic spectral analysis. Nothing to interest the casual visitor. Doesn't anyone in town think of anything when you don't get in? No, no. We often lose contact for several weeks at a time. But how about supplies? We got them last week. They'll think nothing of it if we don't show up for another five or six days. That's great, just great. But you said you you weren't going to make an attempt to signal. That's right. If Marty doesn't hear from me, maybe he'll talk. Maybe someone will be interested enough to come up here. I see. That might work. Yes, that might work. It might work, Professor. Well, I asked you a question. Let him alone. He's an old man. Let him alone. What are you two whispering about? Come on, spill it. Nothing. We were talking about Ted. You're a liar. 
What did he mean when he said it might work? Nothing. <laughs> okay, you want me to let him alone, don't you, Holiday? What are you going to do? Work on him a little bit. Oh! Why, you filth... Now, Holiday, will you tell me, or do I get it out of the old man? Let him alone. I'll tell you. Once again, I had to tell the truth. Frank would have recognized the lie. It was a trap rat, and his instinct made him sharp. The next morning, he made me go to the sun tower and signal. And what I was to say, he'd written down. And he had a book of Morse code handy. I didn't have a chance to trick him. L-I-D-A-Y-H-E-R-E. I've been busy holiday here. Good. Now we'll see if the kid answers. Look, why don't you give the professor a break? Time up, do anything, but don't kill him. I take no chances with anybody. Well, take me with you, but give the old man a break. You both get it. I take no chances. I'm looking at the electric chair right in his face, and I don't like it. Hey, hey, look, the kid's flashing back. Take it down when I give it to you. Dot, 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 dot. Dot. Dot, dash, dot, dot. Dot, dash, dot, dot. Dash, dash, dash. Dash. Dot, dash, dash. That's, uh, that's a Y, and that's the last letter. Okay, let's see what we got. Hello, Ted and Mr. Holiday. This is Marty. Glad to know you are all right. I'll be here again tomorrow waiting to talk to you, Marty. Hey, this is perfect. Frank, what good is it? We're sitting up here while the cops are looking for us. I'm using brains, Billy. As long as the kid thinks everything is all right up here, he won't worry. He'll talk. He'll say he heard from Whitman, see? Very clever, Frank. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, more than ever, no one's going to look up here. You're going to signal every day until I get ready to leave. See, Holiday, all it takes is brains. Yes, that's all. You know, Frank, you remind me of someone. Yeah, who? A Roman soldier. Hmm? He's nuts, Frank. No, no, no. I want to hear what he's going to say. Go on, Holiday. Maybe you don't know the story, but I'm sure Professor Irving does. About Archimedes and the Roman. Yes, I know it. Okay, Holiday. Tell us the story. All right. Archimedes was a Greek, a great scientist and a mathematician. He lived in Syracuse, on the island of Sicily. In the year 212 B.C., the Romans besieged the city and sacked it. What kind of a story is this? Very much like the one we're going through now. Go ahead, finish it, Holiday. Okay. Well, the invading Romans looted the city, and one of them, looking for spoils, entered a garden. There he saw an old man sitting alone, drawing circles in the sand with a stick. The Roman spoke to the old man, Archimedes. But the old man thought of nothing but his circles and his science. The Roman ran him through with his sword. So, what of it? Well, no one remembers the soldier's name, but Archimedes has never been forgotten. What are you trying to do? Give me the willies? No, he's trying to scare me, but he doesn't. You're still going through it, huh? You're going to kill a man who lives for nothing but science. I take no chances. He hasn't harmed you or anyone else. I won't beg him for my life, Mr. Holliday. It wouldn't do you any good. Now get in your own, both of you. Maybe tomorrow will be the day we put a tag on the story. But it wasn't. Radio reports by shortwave said the police were still looking in that area. I was forced to signal Marty that everything was all right. Then, two days later... This is the day, Holliday. It's too bad the old guy's name is an Archimedes. You still don't want to give him a break, huh? Stop yapping about it. It's Ted's worse. We've got to do something. You won't have to worry about it anymore, Archimedes. Oh. 
I see. I'm sorry, Professor Irving. Maybe if I hadn't have come up here, you wouldn't have... It would have been the same, Holiday. Billy? Billy? Yeah? What's the matter? Get the things packed. We're pulling out tonight. Honest? Yeah, honest. But, uh, is it all right? I mean, the cops, they're off the trail? Yeah, yeah. I picked their calls up on the short wave. Everything is just ducky, baby. Brother, I'll be glad to get out of this place. <laughs> Maybe it's doing these guys a favor. What'd they have up here, anyway? A whole life. A whole life deep in the immensity of space. Dan, I'm sorry you have to be in on this. Me, I'm an old man, so... It's all right, Professor. <laughs> here we are. Four little people in the limitless well of the universe. Four tiny lives. It does seem odd, doesn't it? All the billions upon billions of miles out there, and and we're just a speck. Oh, for crying out loud, that talk gives me the creeps. Frank, make him shut up. Yeah, shut up. Oh, scared a little, Frank? Tonight, when you leave here, look up into the sky. Just remember how tiny you really are. Swallowed up in the immense stretches that are so huge that a billion miles is only, only a speck. <laughs> the Roman soldier, huh? Yeah, that's right. What about Ted Whitman? He'll die anyway. You shouldn't have gotten in my way when I first came up here. Just push anybody out of the way, kill him if you have to. I take no chances. I use my head. Oh, stop arguing with him, Frank. I'm getting nervous. We ought to get out of here right now. We'll get out tonight when it's dark. Okay, Holiday, let's go to the tower and signal that kid. Why should I? You're going to kill us anyway. Why should I give you a break? If I don't signal, Marty will get suspicious. You'll signal. Can you make me? Yeah, I can. Go ahead, beat me, then I'll be in great shape to signal. Look, either you do it or all Archimedes here takes it for you. Do it, Dan. But if we're going to die, why give this rat a break? For Marty's sake. For Marty's sake? Yes, I don't want the boy to miss what's going to happen tonight. What are you talking about? Be careful, Frank. Don't let him trick you. I'll use my brains. Now, what are you talking about? You, Archimedes. What do you mean, Professor? Ted. Ted taught Marty astronomy. The boy has a wonderful natural inclination for it. There are too few of us like Marty. I want him to see the comet tonight. He won't look for it if I don't tell him, if you don't signal him about it. Well, how do you like that? Something you wouldn't understand, Frank. Okay, so I don't understand it. Who wants to? All right. Write down what you want me to signal him, Professor. I'll do it. Thank you. It'll be sure. How do you like that? He's going to get killed and he wants to tell a kid about a comet. You know, I'd die much happier if I had just one good crack at you. Yeah, sure you would. <laughs> I'll stick my chin out and let you take a punch at it. <laughs> Here's the message. Thanks. Let me see that. Come on, hand it over. Sure. Read it. Yeah. Anything wrong with it? Just tells the kid to look for a comet. Don't send it, Frank. There's something wrong. I run this show. You think these two can pull a fast one on me? There's no code in this. I looked. No, there's no code. Frank, sometimes the first letter of each word spells another word. I know, I know. I looked. Can you make anything out of L-F-H-C-T? No, I guess not. Okay. Come on, Holiday. Let's go. I signal Marty. He answered. I prayed that the kid would understand. Then we went back to the cottage. The afternoon passed, and it was early evening, and in the cottage. It's about time we went, ain't it, Frank? No, not quite. The sun's not all the way down yet. But the longer we stay, the worse it's going to be. Will you stop yapping? We've been here all day. Nothing's happened. That's right. Nothing's happened. I wonder if Marty's looking for the comet. I guess he is. 
I bet there ain't no comet. But you're wrong. There are over 900 comets recorded, and five or ten more are discovered every year. Save it, Archimedes. You're not teaching a class now. And you, Billy, take it easy. It's been over seven hours since we flashed the message. All the same, we better go. Yeah, yeah, the sun's down now. It'll be dark enough. Okay, Holiday, Archimedes, on your feet. The last time, take me along with you. Tie the professor up, but don't kill him. I take no chances. On your feet, both of you. Don't you try that again, or you'll go out the hard way, little by little. Now move. Get in the next room and face the wall. Right in the back, huh? Sure, unless you want to see what you're getting. Okay. Hey, what's that? Sounded like a car. Douse the light fast. Something unforeseen, Frank? Frank, who is it? Don't worry. Can't be anybody that knows anything, even if it Frank. is. I can see by moonlight. They're rangers. They've got guns. And they can use them. There's a kid with them. Marty Kennedy. That kid. Okay, he asked for it. I take no chances. Don't shoot that kid. Shut up. Hey, look out. All right, drop it. Drop the gun. Well, Frank. This time, our committees wins. You dirty... I've been waiting to do that for two days. Gee... Gee, Mr. Holiday, Professor, where's Ted? He'll be all right, Marty. As soon as we can get him to a doctor. But you, you're a smart boy. I thought you'd guess it, Marty. Oh, gee, I knew something was wrong, but it took me a long time to make anybody else believe it. Oh, shucks, I knew Ted or anybody else up here wouldn't send me such a silly message. <laughs> Is Ted Whitman going to be all right, Mr. Holliday? Sure, he'll be all right. But what was the message that made Marty think something was wrong? To watch for a comet that night? Well, if there are over 900 comets and five or ten new ones discovered every year, what was silly about it? This was a particular comet, Susie, a very particular one. Well, gee, tell me, what was it? Remember the first letters of each word, L-F-H-C-T? Yeah. Look for Halley's Comet tonight. Well? Halley's Comet has a big orbit. It takes 75 years for it to get around. And it isn't due until 1985. Good night, Susie. That's Box 13 from July 31st, 1949 with Archimedes and the Romans, starring Alan Ladd with Frank Lovejoy and Sylvia Picker in the cast. Syndicated is heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. This is Hollywood 360. Let's take a break, then it's more. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Lisa, are you good at crossword puzzles? I'm not. You know, I'm not either. <laughs> but in the magazine Remind Magazine, which is uh, the magazine about America's uh, blasts from the past, this terrific magazine that I'm holding right here, this four-color cover here that has uh, President Kennedy on it, uh, every issue has a theme, and the September issue is uh, all about politics. In the October issue, they're going to be talking about... 
um, sci-fi. And so I wrote an article on the War of the Worlds. And then I think November is about couples, so I'm writing about Ozzy and Harriet and so on and so you forth. You wrote an article about couples? Yeah, about oh, wow. couples, because <laughs> I'm so romantic. <laughs> um, but here's a great thing. This magazine is, is just awesome. It's chock full of fun and blasts from the past, all kinds of nostalgia. And look, there's ads, you know, from the 1950s and things in here. But there's tons of crossword puzzles and games and trivia. And I actually have done a lot of these crossword puzzles, and I've completed them because they're about an era that I know about, you know, 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. It's uh, an era that I grew up with, obviously, in the, especially in the 60s and 70s. But, like, current crossword puzzles I'm not that great at. You know, I get Remind Magazine as well, and I do enjoy the trivia, and I do mostly appreciate looking at the old advertising Gosh, from like, look at this Golden ad. Age. Look at this ad for Ford on the back here from 1949. Anyway, folks, this is a terrific magazine. I hope you'll subscribe to it. You can get it at uh, Barnes & Nobles all across the country. But Remind is giving all of our Hollywood 360 listeners a special offer. You can get it online for about 60% less than at newsstands because I write an article in the magazine. So just go to remindmagazine.com. Check out this magazine. I think you're going to really love it. And subscribe. I'd really appreciate it if you do. Go to remindmagazine.com. You will love Remind Magazine. Next time, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke from 1956. Then we'll visit 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber McGee and Molly from 1940. We'll see you next time.